Hello, everyone. It's Hamza's evil twin. I'm cuter, more intelligent, and I actually like to watch TV with women. I'd like to first formally apologize for the last episode with Aaron and I. I'm aware that it was borderline unlistenable. And I blame it all on Aaron. He came out of the gates guns blazing, and I was just ready for a good time. Second of all, I'd like to show some points of growth in myself. In that episode, I talked about how I did not think that watching shows was good, and I made fun of the show Arcane specifically. Arcane is an adaptation slash based off of the horrible game League of Legends, as some of you may know. I watched this show on the airplane ride here, home, as you can tell. And I'm not joking. I'm actually not joking at all. In case you thought I was joking, I'm not joking. It's the greatest show I've ever watched in my life. And it has brought me a profound insight. That insight is, I will never consciously or unconsciously, if I am in control of it, try to take things away from people that bring them meaning. That is such a horrible thing. It is on par with making fun of someone's laugh. When you make someone fun of someone's laugh, every time they laugh, they will be crippled by insecurity and they will never show their genuine laugh again. It's just on par with that. Telling someone that what they find enjoyable, what has brought purpose to them, what is what they are living vicariously through is unworthy is disgusting, and I can't believe I've ever done that. If you watch Euphoria and you feel like you are going down a roller coaster and getting the high of your life, then God damn it, good for you. Better for better on you. So, I've been just been thinking a lot. You know, I'm a flawed individual. Every day, I try to um, take a step in the right direction. I negotiate with myself at the perspective of a narcissist. In the same way that whenever you want to convince someone who is an atheist or um, who is secular, who doesn't believe in religion, if you want to bring to them a philosophical idea, you have to bring it to them in a secular perspective. That way, they aren't building off of any blind faith or anything they don't believe in. So whenever you're negotiating with yourself, you have to negotiate with yourself, but not just yourself, your ego, your most narcissistic, self-centered, self-motivated part. Because if you're able to strike a deal with that part of you, then the rest of you will be a-okay. Are you catching on with what I'm saying? So it's like, hey, I know I'm supposed to um, help homeless people, right? But I just can't get myself to give anything to homeless people or can't get myself to care for homeless people. Well, if you approach your most self-centered part of your body, soul, head to head, and you say, hey, you scumbag, it's actually proven that when you help the homeless, when you help the poor, it actually helps yourself.
It's called something of the enchantment theory. I read about it recently. And it inc- it induces better results in life. In Buddhism, they say whenever you live a life of virtue, it carries on onto your next life, into your next reincarnation. So if you're able to strike a deal and convince your self-centered, egotistical self to give to homeless people for the sole purpose of benefiting yourself, then whatever comes left is gravy on top. Yes, guys. This is Hamza's evil twin. I have shorter hair. I'm cuter. I'm faster. I'm agile. I wear glasses. <sighs> Axel Weber, this is my formal apology. Listen. Another fly I'm trying to get onto myself. Nope. Pull out of myself. Decipher. Break down. Is not ironically making fun of stuff. Because the damage is done. You cannot ironically make fun of something. You cannot ironically like something. That is not possible. You cannot ironically like the movie Ratatouille. You cannot ironically like... I don't know, whatever ironic thing people like to like. You don't. You don't ironically like it. You like it. It's just not firing up the traditional path of like neurons. It might be taking a zigzag, passing by nostalgia, passing by goofs and gaffs, but at the end of the road, you like it. So when I ironically goof on someone, it is equivalent to me just goofing. And sometimes goofing is not so good. Now, in all fairness, I did see a recent TikTok from Axel Weber, and everything I've ever said about him is justified. The dude is wearing some Star Wars outfit or something, and he looked like he smelled like garlic. Ah! That was my evil twin coming out. I am like many of you. I have that evil wolf in me, the one that is constantly fighting the good wolf. But here's the thing. There is no such thing, and nor would it be a good thing if there was such thing as someone's soul that is only good wolf. It is 50-50. Chaos and order. Evil and good. I'm bringing back my Twitter, folks. I think. I think I just uh, reactivated it doesn't like notify notify you guys or anything but i am back on twitter but i will not be tweeting i'm just there because i followed i had a couple of things bookmarked that are pretty useful so i need to really check on those and i'm i feel out of the loop um so i'd like to see the trending page here and there yeah i'm only human i also made a finsta you're not invited but i'm just saying this as a point of redemption that I was vehemently against finstas calling them things such as feminine useless childlike but sometimes these elements are useful even in a grown man's life it is okay to be feminine it is okay to have a childlike essence to you 
childlike wonder. Um, I took the plane out here, man. I'm visiting family, but also I came out here to get a haircut. You know, my boy, um, Majid really does me right every time. We call it the Hollywood look because I get a cut and it looks pretty much the same as people in Hollywood like to do. They get haircuts, so they can't get anything drastic or they'll be it on TMZ. So God bless him. And God bless everyone who's really working hard today. I just have some uh, love in my heart for you guys. People who are just getting by. Every day I become more uh, at peace with the true, not mundaneness of life. But what it's really about. You get more dopamine. A fifth grader gets more dopamine thinking about the chocolate bar he will eat when he gets out of school than when he actually eats the chocolate bar. Isn't that insane? The thought, the excitement of eating a chocolate bar releases more dopamine than actually biting into the damn thing. Now, how do, now, now how do we apply that to ourselves? Your chocolate bar could be that job, could be that vacation, such, and things like that. But you will get more dopamine in the progress of approaching that said goal. No one graduates from anything, school, boot camp, anything, and feels a hoorah moment. They feel a sinking feeling of, oh, damn, what's my next chocolate bar that I'm going to chase? But you don't have to worry about what that next chocolate bar is, what that next chocolate bar is, if you just focus on that anticipation, that progress, that day in the life. So, truly, do not stress. You know, it is okay to think very simple things. It is okay to be a hedonistic person. It is okay to be in that phase of impulse decisions and instant gratification. It's okay. Like I said, I have these good habits that I'm building, but sometimes I will break down. And when I break down, it's not in a in a what I'm like a breakdown, like a mental breakdown, but but my version of a breakdown is I bring back all my hedonistic um, repressions that I uh, that I would keep down, like Benjamin Franklin on Christmas. I might DoorDash something, you know, maybe a hamburger or something. I might binge watch something. I might sit in my underwear. I might, you know inhale i might exhale i might pop a perk whatever that might be that bear that you're fighting that demon in your closet it's okay if they get the best of you sometimes but as long as you understand the minute minuteness the present day the mindfulness that this is nothing but a moment life is extremely long and you can make it longer by making your individual days longer you know that feeling at the end of the day sometimes you get and you're like god damn i went to starbucks today i thought that was yesterday oh my god it's been a long day 
don't you want that? It may not be clear that you want that, but you probably want that. A long day. It means a long life, a present life. And how do you achieve that? Hey, I have found waking up helps me a lot with that. I've been consistently waking up at 8 a.m. I never thought this was possible. But through, through, um, I don't know. I can't really tell you yet a step-by-step guide to do it. I'm acting like ah, it's 5 a.m. or something. But for me, I was really a noon guy. You know, I wake up at noon at 1, 11, you know, something like that. I was a real man, an average hedonist. But to make your days longer, you really have to be present. Cook your food. Every bite that you take, you know, stare at the wall while you do it. Don't be watching something while you're eating. That'll help you reduce your binge eating, which I do have a problem with. And our lives are immensely long. You can go to zilch. You can fail so hard you are at bedrock a dozen times before you are 25. And you are and you are just getting started with everyone else. No one's going to judge you if you're going paycheck to paycheck at 25. <laughs> and no one. And if they do, you are around the wrong people. That's the time to do it. You could be 35 paycheck to paycheck. Who cares? And that paycheck does not have to be a lot. Think about it this way. You get a nice place. Your rent, $1,500. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty nice place. If you're living alone. Uh, Your food, let's say you're eating nice, 1000 bucks. Let's say everything else, you got a car, you got this, that, another $2,000. That's 4000 some a month. How much is that a year? $48,000? Okay. Let's say, to play it safe, I gave you $100,000 for that year. Where else would you put that money? Would you put it to a bigger apartment? Would you put it to a bigger car? So you could still be living on the margin on your on paycheck to paycheck again? Or would you save that money? To in case a rainy day. If you're saving it, then that's it. You've hit your limit. You have found that point where if you were consistently getting sixty thousand a year, then that'd fill all your needs if you're saving. If you've got other stuff you've got to pay, you know, you just really got to find that kumbaya zone. You know what I'm saying? Buddha was a sheltered until he was a young man. And he demanded that he get a tour around and to see the truth. And when he did, he was never the same. You've got to do that to yourself. And honestly, you are the not only you are the most important person you need to be honest with, you are the only person you really need to be honest with. Other than that, you could be you can stretch the truth, bend the laws with everyone else. It really doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, you are the main character to your own life. Not because it is better that way, but because every experience that you ever experience is only through your perspective. So, instead of trying to get in other people's shoes all the time, understand that you're the only one you'll understand. That you'll under, you're the only eyeballs you'll be able to um, manifest. 
So try and map that out before you're trying to map out other people's eyes. Woo! I'm really off the rails here, huh? Um, man, thank you guys for the support. Pod has been potting. I have a couple guests planning. Let me know who sounds more interesting to you. There's a couple of dynamic duos. Who would you like to hear first? See, here, I want to talk to people in person, man. And yes, maybe it is because I um, could kill two birds with one stone. I could socialize in real life as I am bringing you my um, bi-weekly sermon. But I really just, uh, I haven't done a pod yet in person with somebody, you know? I messaged that Martin kid if he was in Toronto anytime soon. And he said, don't ever text me again. How'd you get my number? So, um, it's rough out here. Claire just bought me a jacket that I can't believe she bought me and I'm actually ecstatic about. It is from a thrift store nearby her house. And, um... Let's see if I can show you guys a picture of it. I'm genuinely excited for this. I've been telling her to buy it for herself, but she wouldn't buy it. So she is going to buy it and ship it alongside the other things that she owes me. God bless her, man. In life, some of the greatest things in your life are relationships. I hate that because it's true. Every single, every person in a position of experience in this field, you know, says relationships are where you derive most of your happiness in your life. And um, you really have to invest time into that. You know, when you're on your deathbed, you're going to be like, oh, I shouldn't have chased the bag. I should have been with my mom or my sister a little more. That makes me mad, man. Because I'm not really a relationship dude. I mean, I want to be. And I'm working towards that. But if it's a Friday night, my first thought isn't, hey, I want to go play Frisbee with... No, dude, I don't want to do that. Let me stay home and do some yoga or something. Cook some risotto. But I'm making progress. You know, if you've ever seen, um, ah, what's that movie called? The guy who, God damn it. The guy who escapes, he graduates and his family's really rich and he ditches everything and goes to Alaska. Oh my God. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's, uh, I, I actually, I'm, I am flabbergasted. I'm looking it up right now. Excuse me. Movie about boy who goes to Alaska and dies. Into the Wild. Wow, that's crazy how that works. Have you ever seen or read Into the Wild? I remember watching that movie uh, in school whenever I was maybe a sophomore, something like that, 10th grade. Maybe freshman year. 
And the whole time, I'm like, yes, yes, escape society. You know, cut your driver's license in half. Burn your birth certificate. Go to Alaska in the wild. Live alone. You can do this. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love this story. And it's based on a true story. So this is going to be good, man. He's going to love it. Next thing you next thing you know, dude is dying alone in the middle of the wild because he ate the wrong flower or something. Spoiler alert. But here's what really bugged me. Right before he died, he wrote in his journal this sentence. Happiness is not shared when you're alone. Uh, happiness is not real. <laughs> wow, I butchered that. Happiness is not real to when not shared. Happiness is not real when not shared. Happiness is not... I'm doing a Dr. Umar thing here. Really get it through your heads. And God damn it, that pissed me off. Because that's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear that he went up there... And he grew a beard out and he wrote books and he planted tomatoes and he sat there. And when he died, he felt fulfilled. But God damn it, man, that's not what happened. So I had to reevaluate my plan because that was my plan. You know, he kind of I was I was going to I was doing going to do that. I was going to go to Alaska and walk barefoot and throw bows at squirrels or something. And, you know, I'm metaphorically doing the Alaska thing right now. I'm in the six. I'm alone. It's me and my Alexa. But you know. Most of the time it is me. And so far. I'm in, I'm, I have not felt the urge to write that sentence yet. And I'm waiting for that. And when that happens. I think I'm going to have to look for me a lady friend. Because I, I have made some friends out there. And they have all been super kind to me. But I don't know man. This is what happens when you give someone free time. You know, one of the leading factors that increase suicide in a country or something like that is freedom. If you want to prevent suicide in any sort of situation, a familial situation, an individual person, a country, a commune, you have to imply constraints. And I think I have too much freedom right now. I'm not saying I'm going to, you know, forever sleep. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you know, maybe I need a bedtime or something. I actually do. I go to sleep at 11 o'clock now. Um, and I don't know. Like I said, you got to have long days. I've got very long days. I'm present. I'm cutting carrots at 12 o'clock. For my stir fry, you know, I'm going on jogs, I'm doing yoga, my hamstring's messed up. Um, I'm reading, I'm listening, I'm talking. That's all it is, really. And I'm also doing what I want to do most. And that you guys, you guys can't even know about the big project that I'm working on. And I'm not going to hint, even though I really, really do want to. But then it gives you something to compare to when it does happen. And uh, we're in the whole muck of expectations. And you guys know my go-to move is to undersell and over-deliver. So I'm going to undersell the best I could. Anyway, this movie was really good to me, man. Into the Wild. The, did, the kid did seem kind of like an asshat in the movie, but this is my brother's room now, by the way. <laughs> it's not my room anymore. 
I'm he's moved everything around. There's a bed right behind me. I don't feel disrespected at all. <laughs> oh, I actually do not really feel disrespected. Um, I've not been here long enough for it to be, um, you know, somewhere I would want to be, somewhere I'd want my ashes to be spread. It's not that kind of place for me. I saw Cody Ko is in the area. God bless him. You know, Cody Ko is another person where I think he's just trying his best. You know, I, I hate when I see that people are losing that that feeling of mindfulness in the time, you know, being a little like, like being there, you know, like this is kind of kooky, but like Mr. Beast, sometimes I hear him talk now and I'm like, damn it, Jimmy, we've lost like something's not there that you had that spark, that divine. What happened, Jim? Is this a result of scaling your dreams or is there a new, you know, glaze over your eyes? Something, something's not there. Sometimes you can see that happen to people when they uh, get sucked into the hustle. And I just pray that they have people around them, good people around them that really rope them down. People need those kind of people, man. Because if you don't, then you just assume that that's standard with what you're going through. And I think that's why the guy in Into the Wild wrote that about um, happiness not real unless shared. You know, I can go into a movie theater and watch a movie and walk out and by myself. And genuinely, did I enjoy that movie the same amount as if I was accompanied? At surface level, I would say yes, and even more. But what if I'm not with the right people, you know? What if my boo thing is waiting for me to take her out to watch Spider-Man No Way Home? Number 10 on all-time box office. At this time, I've also, I'd also like to go back and reiterate the absolute incredible <laughs> show Arcane. Guys, I'm not kidding. This is the greatest show I've ever watched. And I despise League of Legends. And I am on the fence about anime. And, it, and it's the greatest show I've ever watched. I was torn. I was crying. I was on the edge of my seat. I was replaying parts. You got me listening to the soundtrack, man. It's, it's incredible. I think it should win Oscars. I think it should... I will never get over this. Dude, I think my phone wallpaper is like the main character. And she's a lesbian too. The main characters are lesbians. It's a lesbian relationship. And I'm living vicariously through these buff lesbians. We're attractive. Am I allowed to say that? I can say that. They're very attractive. Everyone in the show is attractive. That's where they get you. Because the human brain likes to see attractiveness. They like to see... A symmetrical face because a symmetrical face is indicative of a strong immune system and a healthy partner. Hmm. The same reason why poor people like breasts more than non-poor people because they see, hey, this girl can reproduce and I got to get my genes out there and I'm definitely not going to do it through, you know, my wallet. 
So they really, get, and it's kind of bogus. There's not a single ugly person in that show. Even the bad guys got like, you know, Zeddy vibes. But yeah, they all have jawlines, um, like perfect eyebrows. So if that doesn't sell to you, I really don't know what will. My next quandary that I'm facing is the the fixation of the blur with technology. You know, you could desperately want to be present and mindful, like I've said, but that magnet of the of the this this device, the the gravity in which you're you get snapped to it, you blink. Forty five minutes passed, a blur in your brain. You basically wiped out that time. You sold that time for zero dollars, zero memory, zero information. And how can we reconcile with that? Do we put time constraints on our technology use? I don't know if that's right because the future is technology and this will only increase. Ah! I think it's not that complicated and not that serious. And all of this is really not that serious. If you haven't watched that movie, uh, I can't remember the name. It's about the the saxophone player turns into a cat. It's a Pixar movie. Oh my god, I keep plugging it. I'm also not good with the. Um, I'm thinking about t- taking a like booking a appointment with a psychologist to see if I have ADHD. Let me know as listeners of the podcast if I possibly symptomatic of ADHD because I'm I don't think I have the direct um symptoms of it you know the uh oh butterfly you know like that but ADHD has other symptoms I'm very prone to addiction um that wasn't insinuating a meth addiction or anything but you know chocolates more things I just can't reveal but I'm extremely quick to get addicted and it is an extremely active process to like get myself off. It's embarrassing how hard it is to, um, you know, some of these things, um, you know, binge eating, for example. I don't know why, man. It's kind of insane how if you got $11, you can get two freaking medium pizzas from Domino's. And that's as much dopamine at that moment than you thing meth that's crack in your veins that's kind of nuts and um yeah like if i'm driving past a fast food place it's i gotta press the gas like fast uh home sweet home folks but yeah like i was saying you know i was driving by five guys the other day and let's just say i took i took the long route home Cause damn, bro, uh, they got a pretty good burger. <laughs> it's not really about um, it's about the instant gratification. It's about that moment. It's about that dopamine release for me. And I know it, and I can I can see what's going on in my head when that when it's going down. But it's embarrassing how you don't have control of that elephant. You know, your subconscious is the elephant. The conscious is the elephant, or the rider of the elephant. You know, if you're riding an elephant, you tell that hoe to steer left. Hey, if it wants to steer left, it will, you know. You're not really in control. 
I'm not taking credit of that analogy. That's in a book called Happiness Hypothesis by James something. But it's a really good analogy and it's really changing my life. So, um, um, yeah, you know, it's quite silly. I'm doing like a, a little program for my, for my dominoes, you know. That's what life's about. And it's also not about improving yourself all the time. Not everything you do has to have some sort of um, value at all. Like end product or a monetary value. I mean, that's the first kind of epiphany you have. But really, even it doesn't have to climax into a product that you see in front of you. You know, you can draw for no reason. You can sing and for fun box in your backyard and tell no one that's one of my favorite hobbies now is doing things that are very shareable very uh social media worthy let's say quick to share and doing them not showing a soul so let's say you watch the sunset at five in the morning you got up, went out, watched the sunset, and you didn't tell a soul. Now, you might be thinking, I could do that. I mean, that's not that hard. No, try it. <laughs> I'm not even on social media that much. But you go out, like go out and do a snow angel or something or build a snowman or um, watch a sunset, exercise, read a book, and don't tell a soul not one not in real life not on social media don't even take a picture for your memory's sake don't even take a picture of that sunset like just so you have it sit there watch it reflect in in that moment but also when you leave reflect on how it feels to not share with anyone And here's the part of the podcast when I kind of come around in my head and I start to wonder, who do you think you are? And that's sometimes just a part of the um, the mental quandary that I, sh- I should have this, I think. But sometimes it can manifest into less productive ideas. But really, who do I think I am to be yapping and yapping to you? You could be Mark Zuckerberg for all I know here's the truth I'm not anyone to tell you what to do or how to think I am most likely less than you I have so much potential I have not fulfilled and only I know that you don't even know That's one of the hardest things as a human on this earth is to know what you could have done, what you could be doing, because no one knows that except you. You can tell people you're doing the most that you can in the moment, but only you know that you're really not doing it. You know, you're really, you have so much unfulfilled potential. And I come to you clean. I am as flawed as Moses. I don't really know. I don't know much about Moses. going to be honest with you. Is he the one with the boat or the sea? Or the sea boat? He split the sea or did he build the boat for the sea? 
They probably have a crossover episode and it's probably fire. But no. I just come to you as an honest man. Um, I love to be honest, sometimes to my own detriment. Um, and not even honest about other people as much as honest about myself. And with that, it does give you a newfound confidence of... I really don't have much to hide because I told you everything. Um, bro, I was sleeping. I was on a plane right here. I was laying down with my shoes off, freaking beanie on my eyes. I had taken up three seats. I'm not doing anything wrong. Worst thing that can happen is some cute flight attendant lady tells you know taps my shoulder and says, "Sweetheart, you can't do that." I get up and say, sorry about that. That's it. That's the worst that can happen. I mean, you know, when I'm, when I get time to, you know, put in that work in the, I have time, but when I am putting in that work, let's just say in the iron gym, pumping that iron, I do not shy away from dancing between my sets. You know, sometimes I got something in my ears. An earworm, Spongebob would call it. It could be whatever. I'll tell you right now what's on my... What's on my... Newly added on my... uh, Workout playlist. Here's my workout playlist name. If you want to look it up. (laughs) What? My playlist has three likes. Oh, God. Who found this? How do I see? Well, I'm about to tell you about it. My playlist is called... I'm going to beat Jacob Day's ass. Now, this is nothing against the individual himself. He might be just an insecure young man trying to just fulfill his needs in this lonesome world. But I just remember this TikTok that he was like, I don't know, something like some really tough TikTok, like, I'm going to beat your ass. Like, I could beat you up. If you if this is on your for you page, I can beat you up. And I saw that, and I was like, no, what? No, you can't. And now I'm in there slaving, you know, a couple hours a day, so that if I happen to run into this young man, I have um, no shred of doubt in my mind that I could take him down. Rock Cocaine Flow by De La Soul featuring MF Doom. All caps by Mad Villain. Martians versus Goblins. I just started playing in my ears. Hate Being Sober by Chief Keef. Stay Forever featuring STRFKR. Car Confessions by Young Ma. I've got a Young Ma song in my workout playlist. And people still have the gall to call me homophobic. Um... I don't know. I feel like Play-Doh right now. I feel very malleable. I feel uh, very stretched out in a good way and very open. You know? Have you ever made your own Play-Doh? It's like salt, flour, and food coloring. Man, as soon as my mom would turn around, that thing was going down the hatch. I'd be eating it up by the handful. And it was disgusting. It was gross. It was so salty. It was like eating mouthfuls of sand but it was that adrenaline that 
just made life worth living at that time was gulping down that purple play-doh and you know i didn't care if i was pooping out purple shapes that i never knew i could poop out but that's what i'm talking about that um core hedonistic attackness which took me to a possible prognosis of having ADHD as that's one of the symptoms impulsive behavior prone to addiction prone to depression prone to things like that so let's just say I did sneak an Addy from a uh, uh, a peer colleague and I did take it I wasn't prescribed it you know sometimes you gotta live life on the edge and I did not feel any adverse reactions as if it was not prescribed to me. It felt, it made me normal. I didn't have an increased heart rate, no jitters, no hyper-focus, superpowers. I just felt at peace. I could watch a TV show. I could not, in, you know, eat a freaking triple hamburger from Wendy's every, or at least get the urge to. So, but I also full disclosure i do have a sort of problem a self-conflict of not a fear but um an avoidance let's say a uh a fear let's say a fear but in a more abstract way of medication um dependence on medication um yeah, I think I've talked about this before. You know how many hours I've talked to you guys? I think we're at 50 hours. And you still haven't found a smoking gun to cancel me. No, but... Um, I genuinely... I am extremely hesitant to hop on any medication. Because A, I am paranoid of being on anything that I should have never got on in the first place. Or um, or just getting hooked onto something and not being able to come off. I feel like that makes me lose control. And as many of you know, I like to be in control. I hate being told what to do. And you know what that's from? You know what that's from? I, fig- I think I know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I think I have a huge ego that I'm fighting. Um, I think. Um... Not fighting, but I think I have an ego that, um, I do have an ego. Everyone has an ego. What I'm saying, I think my ego is, uh, blocking my way in some avenues such as this. I should be open to, I'm open to, I'm very open to everything, really. Just not being told what to do. I don't know. That just freaks me out. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. But at this segment, I'm going to do an advice segment from the email, from the out-of-character email. Some of you are getting a little bit shy and do, you know, are not as eager to email us as, uh, or private message the uh, out-of-character Instagram account as you guys used to. But it's okay. I'm not offended. Here's one. From one of you guys. 
Are you ready? Sorry, somebody's very sorry about this. I've got it. Hold on. Here we go. Dealing with sudden poverty. Hi, my name is and I want to start by saying what basically every person who follows your podcast says, but I feel as though it would be odd if I didn't introduce myself. Oh, god dang it. They said if this is included they said if this is included in the podcast, I'd like my name to be anonymous. Hey, Deadfish Saga. I'm going to make sure I uh, get the timestamp as well so that he gets it. Give me one second. I'm making a timestamp. Um, okay, this young lady. Also, blur my mouth if that's possible so people can't read my lips. Okay, they say. I started following you at the beginning of the Freak Show era, and I instantly found all of you guys hysterical. Watching you guys on Zoom calls made my nights a little bit easier during a really tough time in my life. Probably my lowest point thus far. I was suffering with depression and anxiety, but also suffering from a very traumatic event during this time period. In November 2020, my dad was no longer living with my mom and I. It's just been the two of us ever since, and I haven't received a phone call, text, or any sort of message from him. I'm sorry about that. I haven't seen him once since the day he left. Various birthdays and holidays have passed without a word. I've basically been abandoned. I wanted to ask you a question with dealing with potter, with poverty slash sudden loss. I'm interested to know if you have any experience with this subject in your personal life and if you'd be willing to share that. I watch nearly all your podcasts. I'm a college student, so it isn't exactly easy easy to keep updated, but I manage. My family is struggling so badly with money right now. We have to work with, we have to work extremely hard to pay our rent on time. We're about to lose our health insurance and have overdue medical bills. I wanted to know if you have any advice on dealing with things like this without getting depressed, envious, or bitter. The others around you are more fortunate, yet don't offer a hand to help. Thank you. Wow. First of all, I'd like to say um, thank you for sharing. Um, obviously, that's extremely personal, and hopefully, you doing so is going to help someone else, or not. Doesn't really matter. Um, and be um, sorry that that happened to you. Now, do you have uh, experience with poverty? I grew up relatively poor now if i were to put on a percentile i would say the bottom 10 percent maybe um i grew up in a sort of projects x college housing type situation um it was like in a building with eight units um three bedrooms with my four siblings we shared the same bedrooms till i was uh maybe in eighth grade but we had food on the table and, um, you know, we weren't like, um, we definitely fit in that statistic that's like, did you know that 53 of Americans can't handle a $400 emergency? That was, we definitely fit in that. Um, and still to this day, I'm kind of in a weird pickle because 
it's not because of a misfortune more like um my i feel like my parents are sort of uh stoic in a, in a kind of not good way in which they feel no desire to engage in the um rat race of sorts the hustle the chase for the bag you know uh, when we moved up here we didn't have furniture in the house for about six months not because we couldn't go out and get some but because they were fine being crisscross applesauce in the living room it's just that kind of vibe you know they would rather not work as hard or really they worked extremely hard don't get me wrong but it was never really long term it was very present and uh, they'd rather do that and negotiate soccer like membership prices than than you know have enough money for the double car garage type vibe but for your case um it's hard i'm not going to lie i'm not going to lie to you and say i am comp- i can completely put myself in your shoes um I don't know what your feelings are about this man, but that is not a nice thing to say, to do, to say the least. And I would say what the last sentence really struck with me is how does it not be envious? I think that's the best thing you could focus on right now is to try not to become envious of people. And you said of people who don't refuse to help or are not lending a hand. Um, I think the best way to approach that is just... Uh, be empathetic of people's intentions. Assume the best intention. Maybe they are, they want to, ha- you know, maybe they, it's not really doggy dog. Maybe they're like, I don't know. Maybe they want to, but they can't. Maybe this, maybe that. Just assume the best intention, even from your dad, or I don't know if you call him that, man of the house who left. Assume the best intentions from him. Maybe dude is fighting his own demons. Maybe. I don't know. I know how condescending that sounds. Um, But um, what helps me when I'm, I feel like that is um, genuinely at the core of it is that it cannot be any other way. This is what your life was set out to be. I 100% believe in a sort of predestination in which things are planned pre-planned not even by you know a really specific god figure but some sort of innate divine direction in your own like cordial brain how it since you were born and and the way that you you like see things it's kind of set up you know in that show that i was telling you about arcane it kind of seems crazy how she's at the end of the show she's all crazy and evil but if you rewatch it and you see how she is when she's little and her reactions to being told she's not, <laughs> this is so bad bringing this up about you. I'm trying to talk about you. But my point is when you look back when she's a child, she's it was kind of like destined when you see how she acts. I don't know. I'm not saying you put this on yourself. This is kind of coming out wrong. But that's how your life was kind of set up to be, you know, like. It could not be any other way. So you just look at what you got, look at what you're working with, and that's it. There's absolutely no point in I should have, I could have, past tense, anything like that. There's 
no reason to look back in the past except to um, look at what not to do again. But any sort of I should have, could have is never beneficial, I would say. Um, but I would say just try and be present. Um, if it's possible, your situation sounds pretty shitty, but, um, you've always got a bunch of things to be grateful for, you know, you got your two feet, you're freaking smelling, you're tasting, um, you're, you probably are very attractive, I'm just gassing you up, but you've got, you know, <laughs> there's like, just living in the U.S., you're in the top one percent of the world um again this is very condescending in many ways but i'm i'm trying to give you some sort of i don't know what i would want to hear if i were in your position um but again who am i to tell you this stuff type five but really it's not gonna it's not um you know when I was climbing the ranks of this uh, little social gig and I kind of got to see how the top of the top were living, not even the top of the top, just the top, it's really not all that. Uh, like, in terms of their happiness, it's they are probably less happy than you. Like, whoever you can think of, you know, I don't know, whoever you think is, is living it up, freaking Logan Paul or something, Logan Paul is, probably wakes up fighting his demons every day. He's got his own addictions. He's got his own vices. And that's what it comes down to, you know. Like, when you start to get more money, all the money does is, like, wipe out that worry. In this, But when it wipes it out, it's the same way that, like, if you've got a paper clip and, or a, a paper cut on your finger and that paper cut goes away, yeah, you're happy that the paper cut is gone, but you don't sit here all day thinking, holy crap, I'm thankful that that paper cut's gone and that my finger's good, you know? That's kind of how I've found money to work. You know, when I got enough money to walk into a drugstore and buy skincare, that was like, oh, clutch. I don't have to, you know, ask my parents every week and save up 20 bucks to buy a cleanser. I could just get what I need. That was like sick. And then just like that paper cut, you know, that, that wound is healed. But you don't sit here every day and wake up and be like, thank God I got skincare. I could afford skincare. You know, that's not really how money works is how I found. So you can expand that in any direction, you know. If you get to a point, which I hope you do, where rent is easy, it's going to be easy. and But you're going to wake up one day in the same way that you forgot about that paper cut. You're going to forget about those days where rent was hard. So, I would say understand that, um, try to think about how that chocolate thing where you hit a point, you hit a goal, and as soon as you hit a goal, it's not going to hit, you know, but <laughs> I really do not know if this is helping. I am in the dark. Uh, I cannot lie to you and say I, I've been in your shoes, but I am trying my best, and um, I do wish you the best. You are stronger than you think. 
Life is very long. You will get through this. This too shall pass. Purr. Um. <laughs> so, um. Yeah. Don't know. I, I was kind of doing a bit at the beginning of this podcast, acting like I got possessed by a shaman or something or Doctor Strange. But I kept this up for an hour. I don't really know what just happened, but I'm kind of offsetting the uh, kind of uselessness of The Last After Dark and just giving you my soul this time. I'm also about four days off caffeine, and um, this is how I'm acting. So I don't know what that means. Do with that what you will. But um, person who wrote in, thank you so much. You are so strong. And you know what? You might be cool with your dad. I'm not cool with your dad. That dude's a douche, an ass. He does not deserve you. He does not deserve to be back in your life. And I pray that if he attempts to, I mean, if he attempts to reconnect, again, try and be empathetic and assume best intentions, but keep that with a grain of salt. And and I will never understand how people can do that. Um, Just uh, drop out of uh, a child of theirs presence. I already got baby fever of my little kids. And um, trust me, them hoes are going to be spoiled affectionately, not uh, materially, you could say. All right, guys. There's your um, ramblings of a crazy man for the week. Email outofcharacterbiz at gmail.com to reach me on the solo episodes like that young lady did right there or dm the out of character pod instagram account on instagram for the after dark more silly responses thank you guys so much we just hit 20k now we're at like 20.4 or something it's uh we're not slowing down anytime soon appreciate you guys love you guys out of character this drop is uh it's the final restock so get it while you can Love you guys, stay safe, and I'll see you guys Wednesday with Aaron Hall.